Oh, he's good. Too bad for all the other gods. Too bad for them. We have, a, we have the good God. We have God. Praise God. I just am going to mention there's products on that table back there that will just be good. Good word and good things. And you know what? I, I'm like... Um, I'm like Jermaine. I, I never like to make a big deal about the thing about it is is that somewhere along the line I got to thinking, did I make this up or did I do I really believe God gave me things? And and a lot of the thing I, I remember we were talking in the back there, I remember when God spoke things to me. I could I could go back and mark the spot where I know God gave me things from him. And they're valuable to me, some things that have changed my life and changed people's lives that have done them. So, yeah, I just, I'm really thankful for the truth. So we just make them available. And the proceeds of all of the product there goes to, um, to help our orphanage in Nepal. So uh, people are blessed with the word. And then double whammy, you, you're able to bless a heap of kids. And so that's pretty fun. That's good. So anyway, just letting you know that. And uh, wow, I've really enjoyed being here. Never knew where in the world coming Georgia was. I'm coming to Georgia. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know if I was coming or going. Tomorrow I'm going from Georgia. Did today or the other day I was coming to Georgia. And uh, but anyway, uh, never been here. But now I just know that we pray here. It's really nice, and it's just been good. And then, you know, um, one reason I was really excited about it is because I, who I was going to get to share this meeting with that I knew. And, um, I mean, I didn't, I, I never have gotten to meet Jermaine, and I've never gotten to minister with Randy. I've heard his testimony and cried and laughed, <laughs> kind of at the same time, you know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. And, uh, but it's just so good. And if you weren't here this morning, I recommend getting you know, the whole, the whole ball of wax. Be sure you get that this, this morning. Oh, it's just so rich. It's just so rich. I just got helped. Just helped. Have you ever just gotten helped? <laughs> you don't get helped in, in, uh, in Australia. I can't say it the way they say it. I've lived there six years now, and I still wish I could talk the way they talk. It sounds so cool. I can say good on you. Yeah, I can. I can say no worries. And uh, no worries, yeah, flat out, and heaps and everything else. But, yeah, but anyway, uh, it's just so good, just really good. And so we're just going to jump right back into and pray tonight. I've got, I got a picture in my heart of what the Lord wants to have happen, and we're just going to follow it and, uh, and just see where he takes us. Amen? Father God, we're so thankful for your word. Uh, the entrance of your word gives light. And certainly in the area of prayer, we don't want to pray in the dark. Uh, we don't want to uh, pray in the dark because for sure we'll miss the mark. And um, we, we don't have to. We can, we can be flooded with light and see things. And so we ask you, Father God, that as we look into your word, that we'll see what you want us to see, embrace what you want us to embrace, and do it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Uh, if you go in your Bible 
with me uh, to, to Judges, to the book of Judges. And uh, kind of got switched up this morning, you know, while we were singing. And, and I, like it. I like to be switched up. I like to just, any, anything the Lord likes, I'm, I'm on his page. Just, just go with it. Because I'm just as curious as you are. See what God will say. But in Judges, the second chapter, we're going to look there. You know, um, just talking a little bit more about what some of the things that were said this morning. Um, And then a verse of scripture we mentioned yesterday from 1 Timothy, the second chapter, in the first verse, that Paul exhorted his son Timothy that, uh, that with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgivings and givings of thanks, uh, prayer and supplication, intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for all people, all people, and for kings and for all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who would have how many? All men be saved. But it doesn't even stop there. It doesn't even put a period at the end of the sentence right there. It says, all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so last night we were looking at the Great Commission, and one of it is go into the world and preach the gospel to, to every creature. But the, the Matthew 28 version of the Great Commission was to go teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, teaching them whatsoever things I've commanded you. And so, and so the, the, the commission is to preach the gospel to every creature. But once they come in, uh, you know, a believer that doesn't know the truth doesn't look or sometimes act any different than somebody who is not yet born again. Believers need to know the truth. And the truth does what? It does. It, ma- it just makes us free. And so... Uh, I was thinking more and more along these lines, you know, and and that particular verse of Scripture, because it is a unique verse of Scripture in Paul's writings. He doesn't give much instruction for praying for, and yesterday, if you weren't here last night, we, 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 we mentioned those three platforms that God is working on, those three groups of people that God is working in, the Jews, the nations, and the church. And it, it, they're like three, actually this doesn't quite depict it because they, they actually touch each other. They intersect all each other. Or maybe not intersect, but they're sure, they sure do bump up to one another. Uh, the Jews affect the church. The church affects the Jews. The Jews affect the nations. And you know the nations do affect the Jews. And, and so everything bumps up, but at least we can get a picture here. But because we're in the church... We're aware of what God is doing in the church. If we're not careful, we'll just grow into the church and really uh, be a salt that loses its savor. When salt, Jesus said, it loses its savor, he said it is what? It's not good for nothing but to be, it'll be cast out and, and trampled by men. We'll get run over. Our rights will get taken away from us if we don't keep our savior. Savor. If rights start getting taken away, uh, you can you can lamb blast 
the government or you can lamb blast whoever you think is doing it. But actually, uh, we just have to get our salt back. Amen. And uh, a salt that hasn't lost its savor does a work that nothing else, it's the only antidote to the darkness. It is the only thing. And so we have to be who we are. And who we are uh, is only increased by fellowship with the one in whom we are in union with, and that's in Jesus Christ, not fellowship with the Word. Whatever we look at is what we begin to look like. So when the church looks at the world, it starts looking like the world. When we look at Jesus, we, he, that character just starts coming in. We emulate whatever we look at. So we're just fascinated with Jesus. And he's not bad to look at. You know, I've looked at some of those other gods that people have to come and worship, and it's pathetic. But he's beautiful, and he's good. And when he touches anyone's life, it makes them sing. Praise the Lord. But uh, so uh, a lot in this dispensation, because this is, this is the dispensation of grace. This is a church age but it doesn't mean that God isn't working in the Jews, and it doesn't mean that he's not working in the nations. But sometimes, because uh, this is primarily, you know, uh, when Paul wrote, he was writing to, he wasn't writing to the, to the Jews, and he wasn't writing except for he, Hebrew Christians in Hebrews, and, and you know, uh, but he wasn't writing uh, to unbelievers, he wasn't writing to the nations, he was writing to believers. And so at, in even the prayers of the epistles are primarily for the church. For the church. We get a little bit of instruction from what Jesus said to pray, uh, you know, pray that labors would be sent into the harvest when we see the multitude, see the people that were moved with compassion and we pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors into his harvest. You have to see them. If we only see ourselves, it will never spark the compassion that needs to be sparked to get the compassion of God that will not fail, that we were singing, that love won't fail. So you have to be able to see them but not look and absorb them. You look at, at them because there's something that we have to give them. Amen. Have something to give them. Amen. Do we have something to give them? I remember I had, um, she was down from this, these parts. Maybe here, or maybe in Georgia. She was an editor of a great magazine down here, I believe. She was a lovely lady. And uh, she came up to, she was an older lady. She came up and uh, David Horton, this was, long, this was a long, long time ago. David Horton and I, David, and his, David knew her, uh, you know, his dad knew her. But anyway, she was in Tulsa and she took us out to eat. And um, she was talking to us about uh, all kinds of different things. I just remember that she told me to put my fork and knife down that she was going to teach me how to eat. She said, 
Young lady, put your fork and your knife down. I'm going to teach you how to eat. You need to eat proper. So she did. She said, you may eat in front of somebody that it matters how you eat, and you're just cramming the food in your mouth. I just thought, well, I'm hungry. Just get it from here to here. What's the deal? But anyway, you know, they say about terrorists on planes, uh, they would never have to, they never have to ask who Americans are. They just watch how we eat. Isn't that funny? Because we just usually eat with one hand. The rest of the world eats either with their hand or with chopsticks or with two utensils. It's interesting. Not a little bit interesting. <laughs> It's kind of funny to hear about yourself, isn't it? Since then, I, boy, I, I worked really hard on eating with two things. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, huh? Oh, she told me to put my, okay. But after she did that, that lesson, she started talking to me, that talking to David and I about Elvis Presley. And she said that, she said that in his later life, and she knew, she knew this. She, was, she ran with those people. Um, she said that he, he called a pastor, and he was in tears, and he said, please, come to, uh, come to uh, what was it, Grace, Graceland. And um, he went there, and she let him in, and he, he was so thrilled to be in the house with Elvis that um, he just, he said, can I see your, like your room with all of your outfits? And so he, Elvis showed him all of his outfits and all of his platinum albums. And uh, they talked about his career. He just hammered him with all kinds of things. He, he signed some things for the pastor and minister, you know, he just was so, the pastor was just like, it's, you are so amazing. I'm just going to get out of wait to tell everybody. I've been with Elvis. And um, Elvis actually asked him there to help him. But he didn't see that anyone needed something. We're the church. You know what I mean? Dear God. And it, it removes you from being able to help people if you don't, if we ever forget that we're raised far above any fame natural. We're in a place of actual blessing. And so, but anyway, uh, God is doing something in the nations. He's doing something in the nations. And, and he's raising people up in unique ways. Uh, we've come to know a woman. Uh, she's an Aussie. She's uh, 80. She's 80 years old. And uh, a lovely lady, a, quite a toughie. And um, she, uh, she was a missionary. She and her husband were missionary in Papua New Guinea for many years. And then uh, she, uh, her husband is, has, has died. And so she's gotten into other kinds of things, all kinds of different business, and became real proficient in many things. She was a nurse. She grew up on a farm, so she knew farming. She had a teaching degree and knows nine languages. Mm. So she's just a, a very gifted, but a grandma type of a person. And uh, so she uh, has been used 
by different nations to go different places and do diplomatic things because of her skills, linguistic skills. Those give you some ends and some, some ways of interacting that maybe other people couldn't have. So um, anyway, she, uh, the latest thing that she's been doing for some years is that she, um, was, she went with a group of people. Uh, it was a humanitarian mission uh, into North Korea. A lot of Aussies and, and maybe some other people from some other countries, you know, they don't let, uh, they don't let us in there. But uh, she was able to go in there because uh, uh, Australia is more of a neutral type of a, type of a country although they, they ally with us very strongly. And, uh, but anyway, she went in there on a humanitarian type of a thing and through a series of events, uh, an amazing series of events. Well, I'll tell you the main thing, and then uh, her life is just absolutely with signs and wonders. It's like reading the Old Testament. But um, she was... She was called to come on the platform uh, of a large stadium with 15 other expats, some people from other countries, some business people from other countries. And she went and was standing there. They were all wondering what they were in this stadium for. And there were only soldiers in the stadium. So they wondered if they were going to be executed or what the deal was. They were in trepidation. Pretty soon, a woman was brought into the auditorium, and, um, and uh, it, she, you know what, I'm not, could you just blank this one out for right now while I'm telling this story? This sto I, I'm, I can't tell this story. I haven't ever told this story in public. Is it okay if I tell this story in public? I, this won't be on the CD. They just build, they're real institutional. And I, I was lifting it up to the Lord because uh, the Lord said that he was getting people in, inside those denominations to open up the window for a fresh move of the Spirit, a fresh wind of the Spirit. And, uh, and sure enough, they, uh, the lady who is, um, she went to our school, she graduated the first year that we were there, and um, her husband is is president of all the Methodist churches of Singapore. And um, anyway, they just have such influence. So he's been inside the Methodist church, and as the president of the Methodist church, goes around to all the Methodist churches, and the, and the, the Methodists in Singapore, um, they and the Buddhists own Singapore. <laughs> They're just like stinking rich. But having them inside, having this man inside the Methodist church, he'd go around to all, he'd go around to all the Methodist churches and, uh, and preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were getting saved, saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching on healing. That man, that man, and I, I told... Uh, Kenneth and Glory about this, that man and his wife went to one of, I think it was a Southwest Believers Conference, and both of them got filled at one of, the, one of those conferences. That's where they got filled with the Spirit, and now they're over the Methodist churches in Singapore. It's gorgeous. 
But anyway, I asked the Lord about these institutes because he had told me when I was back at Rama. you know, I was thinking everyone needs to be like us. Just come on in and, you know, you're really moving in God if you're like us, just like you were saying. I was just like that. I was so like that. And then one day uh, when we were praying in other tongues, this came out in an in a interpretation. Oh, this can go back. This can go back. You can put this back on again because I think I'm off that lady. That's pretty cool, though, isn't it? Oh, no, I, let me tell you. Let me finish telling you this bit. You can turn this on. It, this part won't matter. She's had to... Uh, I'm going to skip a heap of stuff, but she goes in and out with, she built a road. She she built a road with, uh, because she had to carry rice in by wheelbarrows with the men. She built a road. When she got the road built, anyway, make a long story short, God gave her a Mercedes big truck. And she brings in rice from China. But China, on her, one of her ways out, she taught, I had her, we had her teach at Rama there in 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 Brisbane, and she was going from teaching there to go into China to pick up her truck full of, full of rice and going back into her place. That was the first, her first drive back in. But one of her times out um, of the country, China wouldn't let her to come back in. And so what North Korea did, they made her a diplomat of North Korea. They made her a diplomat of North Korea. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as a diplomat of North Korea, uh, then uh, she has diplomat- diplomatic entrance. And she, goes, she can go into China any which way she wants to. She can float in and out of North Korea any which way she wants to. Uh, anyway, there's, I can't even begin to tell you all the heaps of stories that go along with that. I'm just saying there's these Daniel kind of people that stand. And she is, she's ministered in the stand, but she has a real boldness before kings. And she'll ask them real bold things. It's like a gift of faith comes on her. Turn it back on again if it's not already on. So um, what other story was I on? I don't normally tell stories, but here we go. Huh? The Methodist. So I was asking the Lord about that because it was just such a different page. It was a whole new season for us. In Italy, we were amongst Catholics. Yeah, and everybody needs to be. So I was asking the Lord, you know, about these Methodists and, and Presbyterians. And he said in the body of Christ, like anybody, there has to be a skeletal system. The, if there is only soft tissue... You would be an amoeba and heap on the floor. In the body of Christ, there is a skeletal system, and it is in them by the Lord. There is some rigidity about them. They think institutional. And it doesn't mean they can't be filled with the Holy Spirit, but they, they may not be the ones that do banners and, and, and art, and they may not, you know, be so, you know, and I didn't find them very musical. <laughs> it's just like, whoo praise the Lord. <laughs> Moving on into the Word. 
guess we're going to be uh, going to have to preach the glory down here because we're sure not singing it down, you know, that kind of a deal. <laughs> but but th- there's a strength about them, and there's a quality of Christ that is identifiable in them. I'm talking about fruit that just, woo, woo, it's just there. Uncompromising rigidity under circumstances that are difficult. They're just there. I love it. Don't you love the body? Oh, God, help us not to be skinny-eyed where we just only see ourselves, especially in this day. We just need to appreciate the body. Let's just lift up a praise right now for the body. He loves the body, and so do we. We love the body of Christ. Oh, we love the body of Christ. Oh, Lord, forgive us for ever speaking ill of anyone in the body. Help us to speak words of grace and kindness and goodness and faith. We surround people with it in Jesus' name. Amen. We just find, you know, it's just the the way it is. You, You tend to be able to minister to people that you talk about nice. It's just the truth. When you condescend on things, and when God, I love it that I, one of my favorite verses right now, right now, <laughs> one and one of them is John, the first chapter in the 14th verse. It says, the word became what? And dwelt in a palace on top of the hill. The, the, the word became flesh and dwelt in the cathedral on top of the hill dwelt as a great minister in front of the people where they were able to see their good side. I'm telling you what, not Jesus, not Jesus. And he was the best of every single ministry gift. The Bible says that he became flesh and he dwelt among us. And when you get a picture of among us, that means that he got out here where everybody can see every side. (laughs) Not just your good side. (laughs) Not just your platform side. (laughs) Every side. And there was not one ugly side of Jesus. Not one ugly aspect. And he let people touch him from every side. I like that about Jesus. And I like that that's what we're having in this time. Of the body of Christ is it's a it's the body of Christ that lives in a, and dwells among people. They don't become like them, but we sure live among them, where we can actually be salt. Hallelujah! So I, I I'm still, you know, I, I think we've prayed a lot for the na- I've prayed for the nations heaps and heaps, you know, as far as uh, a missionary type of a way. But I believe, I believe that God has some people there dressed up mm, in all kinds of different ways. All different kinds of ways. This woman, we've, we have her in our school, had her in our school to teach. She's coming back in November. She's, she's 
She's, I, she's a minister. Obviously a minister. She teaches and preaches and prophesies. But a lot of times in very unusual settings and not among many believers until she's there for a while and then she gets all of them saved. Do we like that? I like that. There's a girl, there's a girl from a, a, a church that Tony and I really closely associated with. She she grew up in this in this um youth group. And the, the youth pastor at that time, the youth pastor at that time had a real heart for those seven mountains. Before they, you know, we didn't even have a, there was no book on it. And I like that seven mountains thing. I've been listening to it about that. And that's really, really important. But I remember he and his wife came to Raymond in 1979. And I used to pray for them, go out on the street to witness. And, um, and they they uh, started praying for all of those people. Well, now they're pastors, and, and their ministry touches all of those mountains. And they get called, uh, there's inroads into all of those mountains. It's amazing. The places you pray for in the, in the nations, God will give you access into those places. When you get an inroad in, it makes a way out out for those people to get into the church. But somebody's got to go in to get them. Does this make sense? we got to go in because the same road that goes in makes a way for people to get out. Praise God. So uh, she, was, she was, you know, raised in, uh, with some people that prayed along that line. She had a thing in her heart for Hollywood. And um, because she was raised with these people as her pastors, instead of it being a bad thing like what we were talking about this morning, and I was raised exactly the same way you were. It was come out from among them. <laughs> Be separate, you know, but, uh, and touch not. <laughs> the, uh, so we just hibernated in our church. We had, a, we had a glorious time in our church. But the Lord told me, he said, he doesn't care. The devil doesn't care how much glory you have in your church just as long as you can keep it in your church. And he keeps, he keeps people on house arrest in their church. And he said there's, takes, it takes more faith. It does take faith to build a church. But it takes more faith to get out of it. Anyway, so, um, so uh, they helped her. They schooled her. They just started preparing her because there are, there are some really spooky mission fields like in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, up in those jungles. Each, they could eat you. They ate a lot of their first missionaries. But that's not nearly as dangerous as the spirit of this world. That's a totally different kind of danger. Hollywood has a completely different kind of a danger. 
So, you know what they did? They just prepared them. Just prepared them. Just prepared them. She, she's a producer now. But Mel Gibson used her as a sounding board to do the passion. So, you know, you got to have people in the right places. Somebody's got to be out there. Somebody's got to get in there. So when we're praying about sending labors, it's not just, um, it's not just holding a meeting. Sometimes it's holding a place. And for somebody to hold a place, they have to actually have skills to hold a place. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's think big. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Let's go to Judges, the second chapter. I almost forgot it. It was right here in the Bible. But I believe there's something that we're to do tonight. Judges, the second chapter, and the 10th verse says, And also all the generations that gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them that did not know the Lord or even know the work that he had done for, for Israel. They didn't know the Lord. You know, uh, every generation should have opportunity to have um, an encounter with Jesus Christ. Every generation has that right because he is good and his mercy endures for how many generations? All generations. Every generation. And so I was remembering, uh, I, I was remembering this morning um, I just so appreciated this ministry this morning. I was remembering this morning about, also around, the, it was around in the 70s. I remember growing up praying all my life in my daddy's Pentecostal church. And, uh, but I remember a prelude for a move of God started in around 1970. And I say a prelude, you know what a prelude is. It's before the main deal. And there was this, pr this move that started happening inside the church. And there were some components that made up that, that thing that God did. I just want to say a couple of those things, two or three of those things that made that prelude, because I'm hearing similar things now. It's similar. It's not the same. It's not exactly the same uh, because it sounds, it, the, the, the audible sound is different, but the spiritual sound reminds me, I remember that. Have you ever had like a, you smelled something and you remembered something like 40 years ago? If you're not that old, then you just have to imagine. <laughs> But I remember, th I can remember smells or it, it could almost like transport you back. Well, I've been having those kind of things. I've been having those kind of things about a prelude for a move of God. And what happened, you see, in 1970, I would have been uh, 18 minus 6 is 12. So about 12 years old. So uh, that, that's a good age. But anyway, we had this youth group in our church, 
and it was mostly girls. It was mostly girls. And, and anyway, I remembered my sisters started praying that boys would come in the youth group. Isn't that a spiritual prayer? I tell you, God hooks us wherever he can get us, you know. Bless his heart, he's got to get, he's got to find some place to get our interests. And so anyway, we just started in our youth group, just started praying that some boys would get saved. Um, I think God used that because uh, we were in the flesh, so he thought, well, might as well just meet them where they are. <laughs> But when we started looking at the multitudes of boys, they were all in the world, you know, looking at the boys, we started noticing the people, and our hearts started being moved with compassion. We started noticing the, the boys, and um, instead of it staying in the flesh, it moved right into our spirit. And we started not just noticing boys, we started noticing people. People. We started noticing the people in the school. Okay, so that is one component, is the compassion for souls. Compassion for souls. But what put that on steroids or what put adrenaline into that was a, as another component. And that was a very acute awareness that just as surely as Jesus came the first time, he was coming again. And all of those people that we had a compassion for were going to hell. And something about that just wasn't right. We believed that Jesus was coming again and coming again. And, and you know, I, I just loved, uh, I think it was on Sunday, like two or three of your songs um, are singing about his coming. And the Lord told me, he said, you can always tell. He said, there's a pray, there's indicators. There's indicators of a prelude of a move of God. And the church starts singing about Jesus coming again. It's one of the indicators. It's one of the indicators because the church starts lifting up their, their eyes. And they start, they, they start seeing that their redemption is drawing nigh. So they start lifting up their eyes instead of being so sickeningly engrossed in ourself and in this world, we start lifting up our eyes and seeing that something greater is happening. And it has a purifying effect because what John said in 1 John, the third chapter, whoever has this hope in him does what? It just has a purifying effect. It, but it doesn't come with dim, it doesn't come with condemnation, it doesn't come with shame, it doesn't come with any of that kind of thing. What it comes with is this love for Jesus, and He's coming again, and I want to be ready. And it lifts you up. Well, when it lifts you up, at the same time, this compassion that you you have for people over there, it's like. I don't want to go without them. It matters about them. If Jesus is coming, they're not ready to go. What about it? Oh, I tell you, by when you get that, you start having fire in your prayer. I mean it. And then no one's asking you to pray. 
No one's saying, y'all come pray. Lift up your voice. Come on, say this. Y'all pray. We didn't care if, it, if my dad set a prayer meeting or not. The youth group, after that time, the fire had started. And we said, we're going to go. We didn't even ask. We're going to go to the church after football on Friday night. We're going to pray for our, for our friends. They got to be ready when Jesus comes because life is filled with guns and wars. And everyone got trampled on the floor. Remember that song? Yeah. And we had all kind of song about it. And, oh, Jesus is coming. We got to be ready. And no one, no one had to, no one had to encourage us or prop us up or say, y'all do it. Something of the love of God just compelled, oh God, oh God, we pray. And we'd start naming people, naming people, naming people. And people in, in those, in that place, we'd see vision of where God wanted us to go and yeah, it was, it was incredible. Well, you can't keep fire like that in the back room. No. Cannot keep fire like that in the back room. And the elders in Daddy's church, they said, because sometimes we would have, our, our prayer would be on sun, Sunday night too. We'd get off in it because it was all girls. It was part of the problem <laughs> that God made into an answer. We'd get off in the side rooms, you know, in the churches in those days, there's always a side room on both sides. And uh, so we were off in the side room, and we were in there just tearing it up, just tearing it up, just hollering. We turned the light out so no one could see what, how we looked or anything. We just holler and pray and pray. And the elders said, Daddy, uh, told Daddy, they, he said, you know, it seems to me like you need to get in there and kind of, kind of, he said, you know what, I, I just feel I'm going to leave that alone. Something holy's happening in that room. He said, I'm going to just let that, let that just be. It didn't stay in that back room. I'm telling you what, it got into the high school. It got into the junior high. And football players got saved. And cheerleaders got saved. And smart people got saved. I'm talking about the nerds. And the techies got saved. And the, and the artsy people got saved. And it, got, it jumped way out. Way out. And, and remember, it was... It took, some, it took some years, but when you got a fire and you got a fire like that, it doesn't go out until you see, until you see God glorified in the earth. And you just do what Isaiah, the 62nd chapter says, you don't hold your peace day or night. It's just in you. I'm seeing these components start, I'm telling you what. And some of these things are rubbing together right now. They're just coming. They're just coming. They're just coming. Jesus is coming, and, and he loves people. And the people have got to be ready for Jesus. It's going to catch. I'm telling you, it's already in the works. It's already in the works. Praise the name of the Lord. This generation and how it sounds, how it sounds, the sounds of a move of God. It's already in the works. It's happening. It's happening. Every move of God is progressive revelation. But not only progressive revelation, it is fresh revelation of what God has already done and said. 
<laughs> every generation. Every generation. You know, one time we were praying. This was in Australia. We were praying. And we heard in heaven just this amazing song of the redeemed. And it had, it was one song, it was the song of the redeemed. But it had many verses of every generation that had a revelation of the redemption. They added a verse. It's the coolest thing. So it sounded different. The, the music sounded different. But the revelation was the same. I want this generation to have all of those songs. Songs of the Holy Ghost. Songs of the blood of Jesus. Songs of the triumph of Christ. Songs of those rivers that flow. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's a promise to every generation. Every generation. We're not doing it without it. Blessed be God. I remember praying. I remember praying with, um, uh, with the Baptist preacher's kids and the Methodist preacher's kid. The Methodist preacher had been on drugs. His name was Barney. And he'd been on drugs. And he, and he was a drug dealer. And I remember we, we, there, you know, we had this whole move of God that just went all over the town. And it was too big for any church. I love those Jesus people days. Do you know, I met and I, I did this ladies' meeting in Papua New Guinea with, with tribal women that came out of the mountains of Papua New Guinea. Oh, it was the wildest thing. Yeah, they danced, David, I'm telling you. I got out there and did it with them. It was great. It was so much fun. <laughs> but anyway, do you know what? That move of God went all the way around the world. People all over the world, universities, people were lit on fire. And from out of that came that monstrous charismatic move, and then, and then the word movement wrote on that. What does God have? Guys, I think it's worth checking it out. Let's pray and see. Let's experience. There's nothing like experiencing God. I remember, I remember it, it was a year ago, my daughter and my youngest daughter, we were traveling and she, we were at this church and, and, uh, and we were staying in the hotel. I was staying in one, uh, Tony and I were in another, I think, I think Tony didn't even, wasn't even with me. He was still at, at the church because uh, our church is new. So I was in another hotel room, but uh, Annalisa uh, was in, and her sister was in, the, in another one. And uh, some girls from the church came over that night, and they said, uh, the next morning they said, oh, Mom, oh, Mom, last night we, d we, didn't, pray we didn't go to sleep till 5 o'clock. God came in the room. I said, really, why didn't you all call me? But there's some experiences that they're supposed to have without my, you know, my deal. I want them to know God. 
My daddy knows God. I'm so thankful that I heard man prayers in our house. I did. My daddy's voice, sometimes in the nighttime, it was like music to my ears. My mama was a prayer too. But my daddy prayed. And I'm so thankful from there, you know, that I went on to Ramah. Brother Hagen's a prayer. Moves of God that you see. Men are praying. They're marked with men praying. This is the other component, prelude component. So it's, it's youth at prayer. You can always tell. It's an indicator. It's an, it's an indicator when youth are starting to get agitated. And they can't just stand the deal. No, got to have something real. Got to taste something real. It's got to be mine. That's right. And my husband and I, listen to this music. I said, Daddy, or Poppy, they call him Poppy. Poppy, we said, you know, this is where it was. Oh. And he said, and they said, but Poppy, this is where it is. Is it okay if we just go on with God? We can have we can have a we can have a, a merging, because the song of the redeemed has many verses. It's one song though. We can sing each other's verses. Can we do that? Can we sing each other's verses and, and participate with each other's revelation of Jesus? Yeah, we can do that. But there's this other component of men. That's another prelude. And the Lord told me here recently, he said, you can see how close you are to a... Now, I'm not talking about a revival in the church. I'm talking about a move of God that is like awakening. And that's when men start praying. When men pray, that's where you can tell. And he said, women are like kindling. They can catch on fire easy. It's true. They'll catch on fire easy. But unless they catch some logs on fire, gotta catch, the men are the logs. Some, some logs are some big logs. They've been having some kindling under that log for a long time. <laughs> now, you just keep that kindling happening. It's going to catch on, and once it catch on, it's going to just burn, 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 burn. But every move of God, uh, you, you can always see a man of God, man, men of God praying. But if you look back far enough, you'll see women praying. Women helped men fall. And women will help men stand. <laughs> Amen. Do we like that? Amen. We, tri we helped him fall in the beginning. Eve. But I believe we're anointed to help men stand. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, just living in, in, um, living in Singapore and seeing the different religions, you know, how they utilize men, it's very odd, very odd. Every foreign religion utilizes men. 
Hindus. Hindus. The strongest force, I mean, I'm talking about numbers, gender, is men. They're in the temples. They're, they're, the, they're the leaders in the temple, the leaders. Women, there's some women, but they're more on the sideline. Men are the leaders. Buddhists, you go to, you go to, um, you go to any of those, and, and there are women. But who are the leaders in Buddhism? We watched, we watched this in Singapore, or just droves of, of men. Um, they would come uh, for special meetings, special meetings they would come to uh, from out of the city, the high-rise build, the build, you know, high-rise business buildings, high-tech business thing. And for special meetings, they would get in those big buses and come to this temple. One of the temples was right across the street from our, our school, um, or not our school, but our offices for Rama. It was right across the street. They had, they'd have a special speaker, and just like you have a special speaker, they had a special speaker, and he fasts for days and would hallucinate. And, and, um, and they'd go in there to have him prophesy. And... Um, and they come in there, they select young men, young men, 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 young men. And they carry this upside down looking like ark thing. I said, what is that thing? There's four guys. And they, and they were carrying this thing. Instead of it being like an ark, you know, like the ark of the covenant, it would hang underneath. Maybe somebody that knows more about Buddhism knows what that was. But anyway, under the demon power, that thing would swing back and forth and um and they said they said the bo the boys that carry those things have to be real strong and it just drills into their shoulder it just they have to just work to get that thing in it's completely opposite than what the jews say uh, you know his history said um, the tradition says that uh, in carrying the ark it had an uplifting effect But it was young men carrying that thing. Young men carrying that thing. Men. And then Jermaine was talking about how she saw men, just heaps of men at the call of prayer for, for Islam. And yes, there's women. But these religions are marked with men taking their place. Why, why do these religions not have any trouble getting men to, to pray? Because the devil is utilizing their place of authority. There's a unique place that men carry. There's a unique thing of when they put their foot down, it's that way. And he uses that. But I'm telling you what, that's why he fights. He fights men in Christianity taking their place. And guys, we're having men take their place. I love, I love women. I love women's meetings. But there is nothing on the planet, beast or creation of any kind, that is more magnificent than a man in his dominion. He is absolutely the most magnificent of all of God's creatures. He's the glory of God. And that's why the devil hates him.
and saddles them with false religions to propagate it and to carry it and to propel it. I don't like that that, that false religion of Islam is, is hijacked manhood. No. So something in us has to look over in this, in this area of the nations and be moved with compassion and say, no, no, we're having, we're having people get saved. Lord, send labors into the harvest. Send labors into the harvest. Make inroads into the harvest so that there can be a way out. Praise God. Is this good? Can we do this? There's a prelude for a, a mighty, mighty and a glorious thing in God. And we're, we're, it's not just down the road. We're in it now. But it's prelude. I know because I've been in a move. I've been in a move. I know what it's like. And we're, we're in prelude. We're not in the, in the full deal. But we're in a prelude. We're definitely, we're, we're, this is counting. Every day counts. <laughs> I'm excited. And yeah, bad stuff is going on in the world, but I tell you what it is. It's just like, it's like fuel. The very thing that would try to, to hinder ends up being the thing that we can ride up on like eagles. Praise the name of the Lord. So we're going to pray, but I tell you what I had in my heart. I saw it in my heart last night when we were praying in the dark. Um... I'd like you to pray for men, but I, we're going to do that last. I had it on my heart. I saw it that you're to pray for any, any person here 25 years and younger. It's something, something that this lady has carried is going to, hmm, it's going to, Come into your spirit. Something of the Lord. And she's kept that oil pure. She's kept that oil pure. She's kept the flies out. She could have spoiled. This is my first time to get to, to see her. But I, you know, I, I remember how powerful those books are. But I wasn't sad this morning when I heard her as though she's diminished from something that she was. Aren't you thankful for people who stay faithful over the years? But she's, she's a vessel, and she has guarded the anointing that's on her life. And that oil is very precious. And you know what, Germaine? Um, that is to multiply. There is, there is the being fruitful, you know, in, in your ministry. But that same kind of ministry is to multiply. Multiply. So I, I just see you pouring into some vessels. So we're going to gather the vessels, and there's a pouring. Praise the name of the Lord. There's anointing. Can you just, can you just agree with me on this? <laughs> 